This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the Liverpool.com podcast. I'm your host Mo Stewart and I'm joined as ever by James Martin and Ben Bokchak. And this week, well, it's really only one thing we could talk about this week. We're not going to talk about that rather disappointing derby that happened at the weekend because it's Champions League week. Yes, the Champions League returns and the Reds are hoping to go one better this year in some rather familiar surroundings of Istanbul. Um, before we go any further, though, James, I can't even say that word or even see it written down without conjuring beautiful memories. Surely, after last year's disappointment, it's written for Liverpool to return to their spiritual home and take the trophy. Yeah, and the fact it's been delayed as well, delayed twice in a, in a sense in terms of when it was going to be hosted there, the various pushbacks, because well, first because of COVID and then it was going to be in Russia. So you thought, oh, well, maybe it's going to get moved to Istanbul, but they just pushed them all back. So, so yeah, it's twice could have been in Istanbul. Now it's back in Istanbul. Liverpool have just been waiting for the right opportunity to win it. Been waiting for Istanbul. And yeah, it's, it's hard, hard to resist that narrative, isn't it? It is hard to resist it. And I don't think I'm ever going to try. Uh, so we can just continue on with it, I think. But we are going to have to assess exactly how difficult that's going to be. We're going to look at who Liverpool got in their group. We're going to look at the other English teams and how they match up. And then we're going to look at some of the other big hitters as well of the competition to see exactly where Liverpool stand. But Ben, obviously, the Liverpool start to the Premier League season hasn't been ideal. Uh, but... This is a chance for a bit of a clean slate. Uh, we've got a few players coming back as well, which should hopefully build confidence within the group. And as I say, a good result on this first game can really set the tone for the rest of the season, can't it? Yeah, I think so. And I think we've seen in, in the last few seasons, Liverpool have been pretty comfortable in, in qualifying out of the group stage. And I think even the... This this season has been a bit shaky. I, I still feel like that group should be fairly simple for Liverpool to get out of. Um, you know, Napoli is a tough opponent, especially away from home. That's you know, it's going to be a tough fixture. Uh, but Ajax and uh, Rangers are are two beatable opponents. Uh, you know, they're they're not teams that you would necessarily be fearful of. Uh, Ajax have gone through obviously a big transition. Manchester United have bought two of their major players for a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Rangers, you know, they've looked good in Europe, but they did get annihilated by Celtic a few times recently. And yeah, yeah. I think they are vulnerable at the back. And therefore, I'm not necessarily concerned about getting out of the group stage. It's, it's just. Um, about where, where Liverpool finish first or second, that's that might be in question. And then who Liverpool get in the draw after? Well, we'll look at all of Liverpool's group opponents one by one and kind of pick them apart there then. But before we go into that, let's just have a look at the full draw, how it panned out for everybody. And yes, there has been some complaints that maybe uh, Manchester City in particular I've got quite an easy draw, but there's some good groups. There's some quite evenly matched groups there and some uh, plenty of good games, I think, to, to look ahead to. But as you can see, Liverpool kind of got one of the easier draws in pot one with Ajax. 
probably the one in plot three they wanted to avoid in Napoli. And obviously, the so called Battle of Britain comes on with Rangers. Um, James, I'll ask you about Napoli first because they are our first opponents. Um, I personally groaned when that ball came out. Um, and I'm sure that there'd have been plenty within the dressing room who did the same. Not necessarily because it's an opponent Liverpool can't beat, but it's a ground and an atmosphere that has caused them trouble in the past. And hopefully they will be trying in the position now to put this one to bed and maybe kind of lay some ghosts to rest that they have in that Diego Maradona stadium. Yeah, it's it's probably the toughest draw that, that could have come out of that pot. I think in terms of the UEFA coefficients, that the, the only worst opponent we got was Rangers from pot four, which we'll come on to. So I, I think if if you trust the coefficients completely, then there was maybe a slightly worse draw we could have got. But yeah, in terms of the the reality of it, I yeah, it's a it's a tricky one. And the fact that it's come out come out first as well, Napoli away. We'll we'll go into whether that's an advantage or a disadvantage. But I think given Liverpool's shaky form at the moment that we that we alluded to earlier, potentially it's not the ideal way the fixtures have fallen. You maybe want one which it's a bit more winnable at first. It's you know they'll have to improve a lot if they want to go to Napoli and take three points. And if they don't, of course, then you're on the back foot from the very start. Um, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit worrying. It's like you say, there's been there's been some tests there in the past. Um, ben was saying how the groups have been fairly straightforward in recent years. Certainly, that was true last year in the so-called group of death. But yeah. it wasn't too long ago when we had to go down to the last day against Napoli and rely on mm. a bit of an Alisson wonder save. So, um, yeah, it's I'm nervous about it. I can't lie. <laughs> so, so, OK, let's, let's drill into whether this is a good or a bad time to have this fixture then, Ben, because um, James is right. Anyone who watched Napoli play against Lazio last night, like I did, would probably be genuinely concerned about how good they are. There's a young Georgian fellow who I'm going to allow you to pronounce who has been pulling up trees. And in a strange quirk, every time we've played against Napoli in the Champions League, Napoli away has been the first away game or the first game of the group. And maybe that has contributed to those defeats, maybe not getting up to speed as yet. But then the flip side of that, of course, is that if this is going to be a tough group where qualification is going to be tight... Having the home game against Napoli towards the end where it will be decided is better than having this tricky fixture at that point, surely? Yeah, exactly. I think it's the same as a two-legged tie. You want to play away first and then home second. Um, So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, obviously, you want to get off to a good start, but I don't think that matters in the group stages where you have plenty of other games to bounce back from and uh, I'm not necessarily concerned by the fact that it is Napoli um, fast away from home. Uh, obviously it, the Napoli's form is exciting for Napoli supporters, a bit concerning for Liverpool supporters uh, because they have been especially going forward, they've been incredible this season. Like you mentioned I, I'm not going to try and attempt uh, <laughs> Quichas, pronouncing Quichas second name um, I'll leave that to the Georgian experts, but yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm kind of excited by this Napoli draw because if you look at last season when um, Luis Diaz was obviously coming up against Liverpool, uh, and then he ended up signing for uh, Liverpool later on in the window, and I, I I think there's a few Napoli players that I would like to see at the club, so including 
that certain Georgian uh, player. So I'm not necessarily concerned um, by this draw. I'm, I'm more excited to see uh, how Liverpool deal with the challenge and how the, these players get on against Liverpool because you just never know. I mean, Darwin Nunes as well came up against Liverpool in the Champions League and look where he is now. Uh, so I think there's, there's an element of excitement there as well. No, there is. And as much as it might have made this group slightly easier, I, for one, am very, very glad that Victor Osiman stayed the hell away from Old Trafford. <clears throat> okay, so we've discussed Napoli enough now. Let's go down to Ajax, a team who couldn't stop their players going to Old Trafford, as we mentioned, James, and some of them already look good. Now, we've seen Ajax regenerate better than any team in world football when they've sold their best players, but they don't usually sell this many in one go, do they? And that might be the key. They might still be good enough to win the Dutch league. They are five from five in the Eredivisie as we sat here now. But the point is, is when it comes to European competition, that is quite a talent drain to lose in one go. Yeah, and I mean, you can essentially ignore the form in the Eredivisie, not because it's a particularly bad league, but because Ajax are in a particularly dominant position. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there's one or two other teams who will give them a challenge from time to time, but the vast majority of games they play, they are the heavy favourites. So that's not too worrying. Um, and in fact, it's kind of a good thing for Liverpool. I always quite like these sort of ties in the Champions League because they're up against teams who have no real experience in sitting back and just forming a deep block. So they'll try and do it against Liverpool unless they're naive, but it won't be as effective as even your, your lower half Premier League teams who are setting up like this on a weekly basis. I, I always think the Champions League is where Liverpool thrive the most for that very reason. It, it suits their style better. There's more space in behind. That'll be even better this season with Darwin Nunez, who I think could have a great season in Europe, even if he takes a little while longer to get up to speed in the Premier League. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, an, it's an odd situation because, to be honest, out of the draw, I think... I think probably the, the fixtures I'm most confident about have come from pot one. Uh, we'll get on to Rangers. Uh, but yeah, it's obviously there's no easy wins. Ajax certainly won't be an easy win. And like you say, they are experts at, at regenerating. So you can almost mm. discount the fact they've lost some big players. I'm sure they'll have two more equally good players to, to slowly come through the ranks and they'll probably be going for 100 million in a couple of seasons' time. So yeah, it's, I, I'm not going to set too much store by that, but equally Liverpool should have enough. I think this group's going to be a big old scouting mission for a lot of people. So we might as well just lean into it. But I'm interested in what your thoughts on Rangers because it appears there might be a little bit of uh, maybe a mixed opinion between the two of you on exactly how difficult this is going to be because obviously Rangers are in pot four. This is their first proper Champions League campaign in a while. But they've been very, very good in the Europa League. And they lots of players in that team are used to to not only European matches, but getting through groups, getting through knockout phases. So where do you sit with this Rangers team? Do you, how big a test do you think it will be? Well, I'm I'm worried for some of the reasons you mentioned, in the sense that the fact that they've not been in the Champions League for a while, like particularly when we go to Ibrox, I, I can just you, you can you know what the atmosphere is going to be like. It's it's going to be ridiculous. And you know, we've seen we've seen that you know, unsettled players in the past, it, it happens like that. You know, as Liverpool fans, we know that more than most because, you know, we have seen, you know, the power of Anfield nights, other fans will sort of scoff at them, but then they'll come to Anfield, experience it, and then maybe they're not laughing at it so much anymore. And I think Rangers are one of the few teams who, who will be able to create that sort of similarly oppressive atmosphere 
And, you know, like you say, they had that European run last season. If Liverpool were at their imperious best at the minute, I'd say, you know, the, the disparities financially as much as anything else between the English league and the Scottish league means that Liverpool will win this quite comfortably. But if Liverpool are even slightly misfiring, as they have been, then I think those kind of intangible factors, the sort of the drive of the Rangers players and the the effect of the fans, it could be enough to, to force an upset, particularly at Ibrox, but but even maybe at Anfield if Liverpool don't sort of fuck up their ideas a little bit. In, in, a, in a bad moment, I think for sure, Liverpool can be caught on the hop. And those things you mentioned before about the tactics of Champions League teams, that really won't be Rangers. Rangers probably will be a little bit more used to a more intense physical side. They probably will be used to dropping back a little bit as well because they have been underdogs in Europe previously. However, the one thing we have to remember, Ben, is that one of Rangers' best star players wasn't good enough to get into Liverpool's team in Ryan Kent. So in terms of just the level of quality from 1 to 11, Liverpool should have a significant advantage, whoever they put on the field. Absolutely. I think they should. And, you know, the golfing quality was experienced at, at the old firm Derby as well. Um, I mean, Celtic are just far, far ahead of Rangers at the moment in terms of tactics and style. I think I'm a big fan of Andrew Postacoglu and he's done really well at Celtic. And uh, I think Rangers are, if we were to choose which Scottish team you'd rather play at the moment, you would pick Rangers, even with the atmosphere and everything. And you, know, you mentioned Ryan Kent. Yes, he wasn't good enough for Liverpool, but that might give him an added incentive to do even better against Liverpool. True. So perhaps that's necessarily something to keep an eye on as well, and that's not necessarily an advantage. But um, I do think on the whole, even with the atmosphere. I mean, Liverpool have been to tough atmospheres on the club and those players will know what that's like. Darwin Nunes as well, even though he's a new Liverpool player, he, he thrives on that atmosphere and filled as a Benfica player. And I think some of these Liverpool players will enjoy that rather than be hampered by it. Mm. So I'm not necessarily concerned about the atmosphere. and I, I do think Liverpool should have more than enough to, to get through in this group and to get past Rangers in particular. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I can think of one player in the squad who will definitely be looking forward to this game. A particular left-back, maybe. Um, Scottish captain, I believe. Rangers, not necessarily his favourite team in Glasgow. All of these things. So... If there's one person who is definitely going to be letting people know in that dressing room that they cannot be complacent against Rangers, it's Andy Robertson. So I'm looking forward to it. I think all six of these games are going to be really interesting for different ways. And I do agree with both of you that Liverpool should have enough to get through. So while we're here, let's have a little mosey at our English rivals and see how they're getting on. Now, Manchester City, we mentioned Sevilla... Borussia Dortmund, Copenhagen, not necessarily the toughest. Obviously, there'll be lots of focus on Erling Haaland's return to Dortmund. But I'll ask you on this one, James. Do you see them having any problems at all in this group? I mean, Sevilla have been a Champions League team for a while now, but they don't necessarily seem to be at their strongest point. 
No, Man City will win all of those by about four goals, probably. <laughs> like, there's just, yeah, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that that'll be a very routine group. I imagine Guardiola will be resting players by sort of game week five because he'll probably have secure progression. Dortmund don't look great at the minute. You know, they've picked up some results, but then, you know, there was the Werder Bremen game where they were sort of two goals up going into the 89th minute and still managed to lose. You know, they look vulnerable. Man City, of course, now have Haaland, who is scoring for fun. You know, City haven't necessarily looked at their best. They've dropped points twice already in the Premier League. They could have dropped points three times very easily against Crystal Palace. But even not at their best, I, I think they yeah, they have what it takes to essentially steamroller all of those teams. Sevilla lost quite heavily to Barcelona last night, didn't they? So they're not looking great. You know, no, that's, that's a good point. Um, unfortunately, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, even the distraction of Haaland's return, I mean, they, they they were giving him flowers and all kinds when he left. So I imagine they're probably going to be giving him similar when he returns. So I'm not even sure that's going to be a factor. So let's move on past Manchester City, Ben, and on to Chelsea. Now, Chelsea have got AC Milan, a team that we know very well from last season, RB Salzburg, <laughs> with a player who they know very well in Tino Werner, and then Dino Zagreb. Now, again, Chelsea have a good record of getting through what looks like sticky groups, but they're not necessarily at their strongest. And anyone who saw the Milan derby the weekend will know that AC Milan are a pretty tough team to beat at the moment. Yeah, I mean, just for correction, Mo, Salzburg do not have Timo Werner. He's at oh, sorry. Uh, he got confused by the two Red Bull clubs there, which is happens. Hey, quite a lot. It, happens. it happens. I mean, they do swap a lot of players, to be fair. Exactly. Yeah, they are kind of synonymous. So I think everyone makes that mistake. But no, looking at Group E, I think that's probably one of the most exciting groups in there. As in, I think Dinamo Zagreb are quite good in Europe. They they can cause upsets. Salzburg last season did very well and uh, they have a good coach who has kind of tweaked their style so that they're a bit more defensively so not necessarily as explosive going forward as they were under Jesse March uh, but I think they, they can cause a few upsets they have the kind of players like Benjamin Sesco who unsurprisingly is heading to RB Leipzig in, in next summer um, uh, they have the, those kind of players Luka Sucic as well who, 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 who will be eager to make a mark and make a statement and uh, they've also been linked to Liverpool in the past so mm. uh, that, that's something to keep an eye on how they do against Chelsea um, like you mentioned AC Milan they're a strong side now I think they will have learnt a lot from their experience in Europe last season I think they'll be eager to make to avoid the same fate again mm. um, and yeah I, th I think it's a nicely balanced uh, group uh, where I think sort of none of the places are necessarily a given. I mean, you'd expect Chelsea to finish first, but you wouldn't be surprised if it was AC Milan. And uh, I mean, it, it's the same in the bottom two, either or Dinamo Zagreb or RB. Um, Red Bull Salzburg could uh, finish in, in third or fourth. So I think uh, it is going to be an interesting group to keep an eye on. It is. And of course, Werner and his Leipzig teammates will be playing against Real Madrid Celtic in that group. <laughs> and Shakhtar the next, who they'll be playing on match day one. Now, Ben makes a good point about Chelsea there, um, James. One of the things we've talked about being they're not necessarily at the greatest moment. And 
going away to Zagreb on match day one probably becomes a little bit more difficult at this point than it would if it was match day four where maybe Zagreb are already out of contention. Yeah, potentially. Um, it's You can sort of spin it either way, can't you? You can say that it's a nice one to have when they're in sort of patchy form because it's the worst team in the group and one they can probably win while not at their best. But then equally, like you say, if they do slip up in this game, then that does change the complexion of the group. So there's pros and cons. I, I think it's it's really like whatever happens in the game, then the narrative will be sort of retrofitted to to, <laughs> to what happened. It's, um, yeah, I think... It's a boring answer, but I think realistically, because you have to play all of the teams twice anyway, the order becomes fairly immaterial, you know, and, and if, the effect that it does have, it's quite hard to analyse because it can materialise and manifest itself in, in very different ways. So I, I tend to agree with Ben, though. To be honest, I see their group quite similarly to how I see Liverpool's group in the sense that Chelsea should progress, they should probably progress in first, but there are enough potential banana skins in there that they could easily finish second. And if things start to go south, they could easily finish third even. So they'll have to be careful, but they should progress. No, I think that's a fair uh, assessment. Now, finally, let's look at Spurs, who are probably just going to be happy to be back there to begin with. But it's an interesting group because it's one of those groups, Ben, where all four teams will believe that they have a real chance of qualification because as much as Tottenham may have the quality players, they don't have the Champions League pedigree. You've got Eintracht Frankfurt, who literally won the Europa League last season. Marseille, they may have lost Milik, but they've added Alexis Sanchez, someone known very well to Spurs fans. It's another one where you could kind of make a case for all of them, maybe in even all four positions. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm interested by Spurs and how Conte gets on. Uh, it's his second season now at the club. Uh, he's brought in a lot of players. I think we talked about it in the past. I, I don't necessarily think those players get them to that next level that they need. They want to be. Uh, they're all sort of, I wouldn't, average is harsh, but they're just sound, decent players, you know. I wouldn't say they're world-class Richarlison is a solid Premier League player. Basuma is a solid Premier League player, but I don't necessarily think they will have become world-class players or, or Champions League level players. Who, I mean, Champions League winning level players anyway. Uh, so I think it's going to be fascinating to see how his style uh, sort of adjusts to Europe as well. Um, you know, Conte, they sort of counter-attacking football. I, I don't necessarily think it's, it's good for knockout. Uh, football but uh, in the group stages I think that might be a struggle um, with Frankfurt as well I think uh, their fans have been pretty intense uh, in, in their Europa League journey I think that's something to watch as well I wonder how many of them will try and sort of sneak their way into Tottenham Stadium uh, which is going to be interesting I mean they they managed to do it at the Camp Nou so um, yeah it's good. that's, that's going to be something to watch as well and I think Frankfurt don't necessarily have the best team, but because of their support, because of the momentum that they can gather, mm. uh, I think they're definitely a threat to Tottenham. I mean, Frank, well, well, yeah, but that, my point was that your point, I think Liverpool players deal better with the pressure and with the atmosphere, whereas. I don't know if I can say the same thing about Tottenham. Like, even their captain, Harry Kane, I think he's crumbled under pressure a few times. And uh, there's a few players in that Tottenham team who I, I don't think necessarily handle uh, 
that sort of atmosphere well. Um, I mean, we've seen Richarlison struggle at Anfield when he was in Everton colours. And yeah, I think there's a few others as well. Well, that's a fair shout. I mean, Spurs haven't really got that European pedigree yet, as we've said. I mean, you only need to listen to Giorgio Chiellini to tell you that. Than uh, his most infamous, well, one of his most infamous statements, and unfortunately, Spurs is still true. As for Eintracht Frankfurt, well, Spurs play in white, so it's going to be easy for them to get in there, and it's a big old stadium, so yeah, keep an eye out on that. But I do suspect that we may be sitting at the end of the group stage with three or four English teams into the knockout phase. I think most of us would probably sign off on that. So let's talk about. The rest. Let's talk about the other teams who we really believe are going to have an actual chance of winning this Champions League. Now, traditionally, James, I would say that there are four teams outside of England who believe that they should be at least in the final every single year. That's Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich and Paris Saint-Germain. Now, obviously, for some of them, that's kind of delusional. Um, but they are believing it and they are the teams who traditionally we need to keep an eye on. So I'll go through them. Unfortunately, we should probably start with Real Madrid as they are the holders. Um, we've mentioned that they're in the group with Leipzig, Shakhtar and Celtic. We have seen them drop the occasional game in the group stage, but they never really look like they're in trouble. How well equipped do you think they are for another push at the big one? Yeah, I mean, of course, they're well-equipped. It is a nice little group, that though. I mean, I think they'll get through it. But, yeah, we know RB Leipzig can cause problems. You know, they like, they very much like to spring counter-attacks. So any team who, who are going to be seeing more of the ball will have to be wary of that threat. Celtic, as Ben alluded to, have been doing really well under Postacoglu. You know, we saw them beat Barcelona, didn't we, way back in the day? Maybe there could be a repeat of that sort of famous night on the cards. It would, it would be obviously a massive upset, but, you know, you, you wouldn't rule it out. And then Shakhtar are pro- probably the weakest in the group, I would say. But mm. again, they've picked up results in Europe before. They've, they, you know, maybe caused one or two upsets in the group stage and then ultimately gone on to go out anyway. But they've, they've got a scalp in them, so... Yeah, it's not necessarily as easy as it looks on paper. I, th- I think Real will probably end up cruising through and then they're bound to be a threat later in the tournament. I mean, Liverpool know more than most that they've recruited well, having having got Shuameni early in the summer, who, of course, we were keen on. Um, that's added to what was already quite a strong midfield. It's lost Casemiro, who was you know a big part of what they did. So be interesting to see how, how they got on without him. But all in all, I think they've probably strengthened even on last season when of course they won it so you'd, you'd have to say they're they're in a strong position the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo rail are going to tease us they're going to finish second in the group and then they're going to be a threat to everyone who finishes top of the group it's how it always goes it was ever thus now the interesting thing for barcelona and Bayern munich ben is that not only are they in the same group but inter milan are in that group as well now Inter Milan have, let's say, flattered to deceive in the Champions League over the course of their recent history. But again, anyone who saw that uh, Milan derby the weekend will know that these are they're a good team right now. And they'll have the ability and the belief to go to both of those venues and feel like they can get results. 
Yeah, I mean, poor Victoria Pagen. I don't know if, <laughs> if if they're loving life right now or if uh, they're extremely disappointed because you'd expect them to be the sort of whipping boys of that group for sure. Uh, I don't know where they will stand, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I think Barcelona have been really good, uh, especially with, I think, the, the addition of Lewandowski. I mean, people will make fun of their recruitment and it was a huge gamble what they did over the summer and we wait to see the proper ramifications of it uh, in terms of their financial status and the longevity as a football club. But on the pitch right now, they're looking very good at the moment. I think Lewandowski has definitely been a transformative signing. He's been uh, banging in the goals just like he has mm-hmm. done uh, at Bayern um, and Barcelona looks so much better with him in the team. Let's not forget about forget about Rafinha's addition, Jules Conde as well, who's added um, and definitely solidified will solidify that Barcelona defense. Uh, I think Barcelona should rightly want to be in the Champions League final. They have the team for it, uh, especially the starting eleven, and even in terms of the squad. Um, Bayern Munich, on the other hand, have not started as smoothly as people would expect. Uh, people have been talking about Darwin Nunes' struggles, but I don't think Sadio Mane has quite got going at Bayern yet. Um, they kind of are missing Lewandowski for sure. And uh, they're not even looking that solid in defence as well. Uh, I mean, right now, they're, I, I, don't, I don't even think they're top of the Bundesliga at the moment. They, they drew with Union Berlin um, at the weekend, and I think Freiburg are leading the Bundesliga right now. Yeah. So, it's been a slow start and I think I kind of expect Barcelona to top this group and then it will be between Inter and Bayern in terms of the second place and right now if I was Inter I would kind of feel optimistic about perhaps getting that second place in the group because mm. Bayern are struggling a bit. It's, it's strange to look at Bayern because they've had a couple of big results. They've obviously got six past Frankfurt. They've put seven past Bochum. They've got five in the Pokal. But yeah, these two, these draws against good teams in Union and Gladbach, but teams that they normally swat away. So it is going to be very interesting to keep an eye on them. And finally, the other contender, PSG, who look a little bit more stable, I would say, and a little bit more like, you know, a proper football team should this year, James. Some of the moves they've made have made me go, oh, maybe they finally got it. And in terms of their group, they're playing against uh, Benfica, uh, Juventus as well. But I don't know if you heard what Max Allegri said, the coach of Juventus, where he said he would, they were basically playing for second, which as a PSG um, team, would probably give you a bit of confidence going into those games. But, I mean, it's not going to be that much of a foregone conclusion, surely, is it? No, I, I don't think they'll really be playing for second. But, again, you go back to the, the finances of it. They should be playing for second. So I see where Allegra is coming from in the sense that there is, even between Juventus and PSG, Juventus, of course, being a sort of traditional super team, even between those two, there's a massive, massive disparity in wealth and the fact that PSG haven't ever won it is frankly a damning indictment of how they've run that football project because the fact is they should have won it multiple times just purely based on the investment they've been able to pump in um the same goes to a lesser extent for Manchester City by the way uh but yeah certainly it's um 
it's a group which PhD should advance from. I think they've advanced from the groups every year for goodness knows how long, but it's never going to cause them a problem. Uh, it's it's once you get into the round of 16 where the potential for collapse kicks in to a to a far stronger extent. Um, so yeah, I I see why we have to include them in the conversation for teams who could win it, and I see why they want to include themselves, but it's so hard to see it happening, which again is just frankly... It reflects very poorly on, on how they spent their money. But, you know, Messi's looking like he's settled in a bit more. I think even last season, he was, you know, harshly analysed. If you look at the underlying numbers, he was still creating more than pretty much anyone, even if the goals dropped off a bit. So, yeah, you, you can never discount a team with Messi in it. It's, it's my sort of my sort of logic. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of other very good players in there. If it all gels, they could go on a run and they, this could be the year, but I don't think anyone would be necessarily backing it. No, I think as the years go by and as football becomes slightly more, um, well, this, this um, disjointed in terms of the financial balance, it's harder to see surprises as the years go by. So with this final question, that I'm going to put to both of you, I expect to know probably what you're going to say. But we're going to do it anyway because it's fun. So I'll be asking you both for two finalists in the Champions League, a top scorer, and if Liverpool don't feature in those two finalists, where do you think Liverpool will feature or end up? So, Ben, I'll start with you. That's a tough one <laughs> to start off. <laughs> I don't know. Um, hey, like, pass on the table. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with. I don't think Liverpool will make the final um, this year. I think, I think they'll go relatively far. I'm expecting a quarter final, semi final finish, but I think they'll just, they'll just miss out on the final um, because of the squad depth. Um, I think that will be an issue, and in, in, in the World Cup as well, that that's going to happen. Uh, there's going to be a lot. Some of those players are going to play a lot of games. Um, so I think purely because of that, I think Liverpool just miss out. Um, it's a transitional season as well. Uh, so because of that, I, I I just think they'll fall slightly short, but then they'll come back. That that defeat, wherever it's going to be in the quarter final or in the semi final, they'll come back strong next season, and that will give them the momentum to win it. Um, with maybe Jude Bellingham, who knows? Who knows? Uh, in terms of the top goal scorer, I mean, I think Darwin Nunes will be up there, but I expect Erling Haaland uh, to be the top goal scorer. And uh, I think it's going to be a City-Barcelona final. Yikes, that does not sound enticing. James, please save me from this horrendous reality. Yeah, okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it in the final, the, the Istanbul effect. Um, honestly, though, I think we, we're we going to come very close to not making it out of this group. I'm very nervous about the group. But once we've scraped through probably sim like Napoli last day-esque, just a rerun of that, once we've scraped through, I think we might have the, the tools to put a run together, much like that season, of course. Um, so, yeah, essentially, I'm just expecting a replay of, of that campaign. Um, I don't think it'll be Spurs in the final again. But yeah, it's. Um, I think I could see it going that way. If we if we make it out of the group, which will be closer than both of you are expecting, then we'll go a long way. Uh, in terms of who we get in the final, I'm going to play the percentages and say Man City, which would be absolutely disgusting. I really don't want that final to happen. I I, I could barely watch it. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, 
they're perennial favourites to win it, and they, which you know you might say, well, why are they favourites if they still haven't managed to win it? But you know there is a reason why they're always up there as as the favourites. Um, it surely is only a matter of time before they put together a run. They've made it to the final now, so they've at least cleared that hurdle, and maybe this is the time they they go one better. But yeah, Liverpool in the final in Istanbul, I think maybe we could we could pull it off and, and beat Man City in the final. So. So that's my bold prediction. I'll, I'll say we win it, but it's not going to be straightforward, even from the word go. No, I mean, as usual, my yin and yang above me. <laughs> I'm going to find myself somewhere in between. Um, I, I I do think that Man City are a very, very good football team. And I think that they'll get a lot closer to the Champions League than they did last time. But I still don't think they'll reach the final. I think that in a strange way, even how close they came last year and how heartbreaking that was, it's going to be even worse because this time it's going to be Pep's old buddies of Barcelona who are going to do it to them in the semi-finals. Liverpool, on the other hand, will serenely pass through on the other side. I mean, I think Liverpool will reach. And it's partly the reason I think Liverpool will reach the final is because I think the league season may well not necessarily be as intense and as every game as as matters simply because the league might have gone by that stage. That's just one potential possibility. But I think in times when we've been a little bit more transitional, a little bit less reliable and consistent, that's when the Cups come into play. That's when we can turn on the magic for the special moment. And I think those Anfield Knights are going to come into play once again. We're going to see some magic in this competition as we always do. I do think, however, Barcelona will take some consolation from their losers' medals with uh, Lewandowski getting the golden boot as well. So there you go. I'm having Liverpool beating Barcelona in the final, and I don't care what everyone else thinks. But in all general, I am glad you're here, and I'm glad you gave me your opinions, both of you, Ben, James. Thank you for joining us on this. We will find out exactly how right we all are when the Champions League kicks off with Liverpool going to Naples on Wednesday. Check that out, and check us out again next week. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.